I didn't say anything when Mark got up. He's always been an early riser and enjoys a solitary hour or so pottering around the house before everyone else wakes up. Our house was always so noisy in the morning, with Billy and Jake fighting over who got to use the bathroom first and then turning up their stereos full volume when they returned to their rooms to get changed. I pound on their bedroom doors and shout at them to turn the music down. Mark's never been very good with noise. He spends hours each week driving from city to city as part of his job as a pharmaceutical sales rep, but always in silence. No music, audiobooks or radio for him. Mark? It's 7.30am when I pad into the kitchen, taking care to step over the cracked tile by the fridge so I don't snag my pop socks. Three years ago, Billy opened the fridge and a bottle of wine fell out, cracking the tiles that Mark had only finished laying the day before. I told him it was my fault. Mark? The kettle is still warm, but there's no sign of my husband. I poke my head around the living room door, but he's not there either. I return to the kitchen and open the back door that leads to the driveway at the side of the house. The garage door is open. The rrr, rrr, rrr splutter of the lawnmower being started drifts towards me. Mark? I slip my feet into a pair of Jake's size 10 trainers that have been abandoned next to the mat and slip slide across the driveway towards the garage. It's August and the sun is already high in the sky. The park on the other side of the street is a riot of colour and our lawn is damp with dew. You're not planning on cutting the grass now, surely? I stop short at the garage door. My tall, fair-haired husband is bent over the lawnmower in his best navy suit a greasy black oil stain just above the knee of his left trouser leg. Mark, what the hell are you doing? He doesn't look up. Servicing the lawnmower. He gives the starting cord another yank, and the machine growls in protest. Now? I haven't used it for a month. It'll rust up if it's not serviced. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. But Mark, it's Billy's appeal. I know what day it is. This time he does look up. His cheeks are flushed, and there's a sheen of sweat that stretches from his thick, unkempt eyebrows all the way up to his receding hairline. He passes a hand over his brow, then wipes it on his trouser leg, rubbing sweat into the greasy oil stain. I want to scream at him that he's ruined his best suit, and he can't go to Billy's appeal like that. But today isn't the day for an argument, so I take a deep breath instead. It's 7.30, I say. We need to get going in half an hour. D.S. Forbes said he'd meet us at 8.30 to go through a few things. Mark rubs a clenched fist against his lower back as he straightens up. Is Jake ready? I don't think so. His door was shut as I came downstairs, and I couldn't hear voices. Jake shares his bedroom with his girlfriend, Kira. They started dating at school when they were 16, and they've been together three years now, sharing a room in our house for the last 18 months. Jake begged me to let her stay. Her mum's drinking had got worse and she started lashing out at Kira, physically and verbally. He told me that if I didn't let her live with us, she'd have to move up to Edinburgh to live with her grandfather and they'd never get to see each other. Well, if Jake can't be bothered to get up, then let's go without him, Mark says. I haven't got the energy to deal with him. Not today. It was Billy who used to disappoint Mark. Billy with his I-don't-give-a-shit attitude about school and his belief that life owed him fame and fortune. Jake was always Mark's golden boy in comparison. He worked hard at school, gained six A to C grade GCSEs, 
and passed his electrician course at college with flying colours. These days it's phone calls about Jake's poor attendance at work that we're dealing with, not Billy's. I haven't got the energy to deal with Jake either, but I can't just shrug my shoulders like Mark. We need to present a united front to the media. We all need to be there, sitting side by side behind the desk. A strong family, in appearance if nothing else. I'm going back to the house. I'll get your other suit out of the wardrobe, I say, but Mark has already turned his attention to the lawnmower. I shuffle back to the path, Jake's oversized shoes leaving a trail in the gravel, and reach for the handle of the back door. I hear the scream the second I push it open. Chapter 2 Jake, give me that! Kira's screech carries down the stairs, and there's a loud thump from the bedroom above as something or someone hits the floor.